Okay, I'd like to welcome you to a special edition of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 28th, 2007. This is actually a Friday, Friday night, and uh, I received an email back on August 23rd from a listener, and he had forwarded me a link to a site called Message from the Designers. And this is in regard to the Raelian cult. And it's taken me a long time, as it sometimes does, to get back to things. And I listened to one of the videos in totality tonight called The Prophets and the Ancient Evidence. Now, the reason I emphasize this is it's not as though the Raelian cult is a huge thing worldwide. But the message that they're sending and the message that they're uh, putting out to people is going to was very, I thought, very confirmatory to many of the previous teachings we've done in regard to the Nephilim, in regard to Lord Maitreya, in regard to the Ascended Masters. So much of the delusion that is coming, that the Bible clearly predicted was going to happen, God said he was going to send strong delusion in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This strong delusion is coming... And this is something we as Christians need to be prepared to give an answer for when the unsaved come to us either trying to indict us about our religion as Christians, as true born-again Christians, or people coming to us maybe humbly and saying, hey, what's going on here? I don't have an answer. You know, this place where I'm going to doesn't have an answer. My pastor doesn't have an answer. This religion that I'm in doesn't have an answer. And this is the grand lie. I think this... 27-minute video was the quintessential essence of the grand lie that's coming. The one-world government, one-world religious system under the Antichrist in the seven-year tribulation period. I don't know of a, of a better apostate video that does a better job. So, I really got convicted that I needed to do a point-by-point -point rebuttal of this video as the video was going. So, what I'm going to be doing is you're actually going to be hearing this right off their website, this 27-minute. Um, it's a video that you can go watch. But this, uh, in essence, what we're going to be doing is playing the video. You're going to be hearing the words. And essentially, I'm going to be giving commentary along the way. We're going to be stopping it many, many times in order to give a commentary on a particular piece of apostasy that they're trying to feed us. So, one of the main things that they emphasize within this cult is, quote, intelligent design. In fact, this man... They call, he calls himself Rael, and you'll hear all about his history here. He's the guy that started the Raelian cult. He has a book called Intelligent Design, Message from the Designers. In fact, that's the, that's the title of his whole site. They are absolutely all about intelligent design. But you might say, well, hey, whoa, all the Christians are for intelligent design. Isn't President Bush for intelligent design? And I have a whole teaching that I've done on this to, to prove, and this absolutely confirms that, that... When the people in the know advocate intelligent design over creationism or over evolution, they're not doing that because they're trying to be Christians or they're trying to put God in the scenario. They're trying to do that because intelligent design is actually based on what is known as the ancient astronaut theory, where these aliens came to Earth thousands and millions of years ago and essentially seeded this planet with mankind. We're like their little science project and now they've got to come back to straighten everything out because we pretty much messed everything up. And, in other words, and another thing that they're going to be promising us and that they are promising us is that we will finally attain to Godhood like they themselves are. And you're going to see this theme through this whole video. It's the same lie that Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden 
in Genesis chapter 3, where he said, ye shall be as gods. It's the same lie, just repackaged a little bit differently. Satan doesn't change his tactics. He's probably never had an original thought in his life. He keeps doing the same things over and over. It's just in a repackaged form. And this is what we're going to really be seeing here, hitting home. I, I don't, again, I don't know of a better video synopsis or, or, or apostate soundbite synopsis that I could possibly give you. So without further ado, I'm going to start this uh, presentation here, and I will be stopping many times along the way to make comment. Here we go. Two generations ago, cars hadn't been invented. Yet now, we can travel to the moon. NASA even has projects to colonize other planets. Twenty years ago, life was a mystery. Yet now, our science... Now, just as a side note here, they have a little slide that they're showing here called Seeding the Universe, which is exactly the same theme that all of these aliens that are supposedly communicating with all these people, there's absolutely been millions and millions of abductions and people that have had experiences with these supposed aliens worldwide. Now, there's no way they can all be crazy. Now, granted, a certain percentage of them probably are, but there is no way that millions and millions of people that are having this common experience could all be crazy. And the thing is, is what they're being told by these aliens is the exact same thing, essentially every time, again, in maybe a repackaged format. That they themselves came here, seeded the universe, and now we ourselves, when we attain to this godhood, we are going to actually start seeding the universe. And so this is a big thing. See, this is the carrot that Satan dangles out in front of us. Because, you know, hey, if we can be a god, then he, we're not accountable to anybody. You know, there's, you know, all bets are off. If we're gods, we can do whatever we want. Which appeals to the flesh of, you know, an unsaved person. Very much so. And, um, so let's go a little bit further here. ...are actually making life in their laboratories. Twenty years ago, Crick and Watson first discovered the structure of DNA. Now, a company called DuPont Limited are selling a machine which synthesizes DNA at the touch of a button. The second half of the century has seen an enormous revolution sweep over our world. Yet are we any closer to answering the great questions that have always been at the back of all our minds? Who are we? Where did we come from? And where are we going? Religious dogma has forced its answers for centuries, but now it's beginning to lose its grip as its self-contradictions become more and more obvious. Now, they're showing a picture of uh, that famous Michelangelo picture where God, the Father, is reaching out to the human. And they're saying now religious dogma is starting to, you know, 
lose its grip on these types of things because of the apparent contradictions. And, you know, to that I would have to say there's a lot of religions out there that are absolutely, totally, and utterly full of contradictions. Within Christianity, one of the reasons there's so many contradictions, apparently, is because we've perverted and polluted the Word of God. And when you pervert and you pollute the book upon which your faith stands, obviously contradictions will arise. And this is why it's so important what Bible version, what Word of God are you reading. Because there, it's either the Word of God or it's not. And this is one of the big things they emphasize within this video is where they'll quote and they'll say, this was a mistranslation. This is what this verse really means. Which is what you hear a lot happen with people that are trying to attack the foundation of Christianity. Now the Bible says, in Psalm 11 verse 3, that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And this is very true. The Word of God is our foundation. And if you corrupt it and if you pollute it, then it has no power anymore. And contradictions arise. And these types of things, that, that the cynics and the naysayers, who ultimately are motivated through satanic means and by satanic spirits, they have the ammunition then to go after Christianity. Now I know there's other ways you can go after Christianity, but I believe the Word of God is the foundational issue here. And you'll see them attack the Word of God many times within this presentation. We'll go further. The alternative explanation, the theory of evolution, is being seen by more and more scientists as simply a theory, and one which cannot explain our recent scientific discoveries. Now, isn't that amazing that you have this apostate group going after evolution? And in order to propose and put forth intelligent design, evolution has to be debunked. Okay? Because intelligent design, again, what we've said here, presupposes that these, these creatures, they call them Elohims, coincidentally enough, came here and seeded this planet. Now, that wouldn't line up with evolution whatsoever. So, um, it's just an interesting point to note there. If it's happening now, then why couldn't it have happened before? In fact, these ideas are as old as the Earth itself. The world's ancient texts all talk about people coming from the sky, the stars, or the sun. Now, he said before, he says, if it's happening now, why, can't, why couldn't it have happened in the past? What he was in reference to is the clips before that, where it showed about how Crick and Watson, with the DNA double helix, they were the discoverers. These types of things, the, there's this company now that actually can manufacture DNA. So what they're basically saying is mankind now, as it exists, is actually creating life, which really is not true. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can actually create life. We may be able to manipulate some DNA. We may be able to clone things and things of this nature. And, you know, put on these Frankenstein-like experiments. But that doesn't mean we've created life. And so there's a lot of leaps of logic that they're hoping that you don't question and you buy into as you listen to this heresy. Okay, so understand that what they're saying there is that if, if we're doing it now in the laboratory, we're creating, supposedly creating life, why couldn't it have happened in times past? Where, you know, these friendly aliens came and seeded our planets, and, you know, other planets as well. We'll go further. Who made all life on Earth, including human beings, 
in their image. They love these humans, educated. Okay, now again, I'm sorry I had to stop so many times, but what they're saying here are that these these aliens, as we would refer to them as, came here millions and millions of years ago, and they created us in their image. Now, they're going to try to use the Bible here to totally verify that all the things that were in Genesis, where God talked about making man in our image and these types of things that took place in the early parts of Genesis, all that was were essentially aliens okay, that did this. And we've just misinterpreted everything. Now, I know this seems asinine for the average Christian to even buy into in the least bit, but with the deception that's coming, if you're not at least educated on these subjects, this may take a lot of people by surprise. So it's good to be armed with this type of knowledge so that we can defend our stance. Did them, and then left, saying that they'd be back one day when we're capable of understanding them. Which sounds the most logical then? A theory of evolution which claims we came about by chance. Or the theory of an immaterial God suddenly magicking all life on a whim. Or being designed and created in a laboratory. This third option is the most likely because it's actually happening right now in our own laboratories today. See the lies that they're going into? They're basically saying, okay, you got three options. Either God created us, but oh, we can't believe that because that could have never happened. And then we've got evolution, which could have never happened because there's so many utter flaws in that theory. We've done whole teachings on that, exposing evolution. So the only other thing that we could possibly believe is that we were created in a laboratory because, hey, we're doing it today. And now what, the, what does that mean? What are they implying there? That now we're ready to go and go into goddom or whatever. We're going to be as gods now. Because, hey, we're to the point now where we can create life. We're showing our space brethren that created us that we're worthy to move forward and take this next evolutionary step. Most likely in conjunction with what they're going to call the Aquarian Age. We'll go further. If we were created in the laboratory, can we expect our scientific creators to return? On the 13th of December, 1973, French journalist Claude Vaurion was driving through the volcanic area of Clermont-Ferrand, central France, when he had a sudden urge to take a walk at the Puits de la Sola. Suddenly, he noticed a bright, flashing light in the sky, heading in his direction. And as it got closer, he saw that it was made of a grey metallic substance, the shape of a flattened bell. His curiosity turned to anticipation as the machine approached him, until when, about 30 meters away, it stopped and hovered, still, just above the ground. A trapdoor opened below, unfolding into a staircase. What at first Claude thought was a child, stepped down and walked straight towards him. It was a small man, about four feet tall, beautiful, black hair, beard, dark almond-shaped eyes, and a smile radiating with harmony. At a loss what to do, Claude acted as a true journalist. Now, in most alien 
abduction scenarios where people have had contact with aliens, they typically appear in one of three ways. Either as a, what we term as the gray alien, which is the classic alien you, you'll kind of see represented on television, or sometimes they come as reptilian-looking aliens, which are more um, draconian-looking. And then you have these called the Nordics. This would fall more into the Nordic classification. Nordics actually will appear as humans. Many times they appear as, the reason they're called Nordics is they have blonde hair, blue eyes. They look absolutely perfect in every way, shape, and form. Okay? This kind of falls into that category, even though this one had dark hair and was a lot shorter. Um, more in that category, just as a little um, update there for you on, on the uh, ways that they typically manifest. And asked... Where do you come from? From very far away. And I have come to talk to you, Claude Brion. They talked. Claude was invited into the craft, and over the next six consecutive days, the extraterrestrial dictated a series of messages which are both clear and revolutionary. These messages have now been translated into 22 languages and are available by post from the Ryan Movement, or you can get to a local library to order them. This is what the extraterrestrial said. We created humanity. You mistook us for gods. We were the ones who started all the religions on Earth. The little devil has spoken. We created humanity, we've basically done all, and we were started all the religions. See, they take credit for everything, and if you've listened to my teachings on the Lord Maitreya, you know, he's taking credit for every single supernatural thing that's going on in the world right now. And how convenient for them to do so. I mean, you know, who's going to really refute them? How are you going to rebut something that comes out of the sky and says these things? Most people are just going to take whatever they say at face value and fall for it hook, line, and sinker. But again, all you have to do is compare these little devils with what is said in the Bible to clearly unmask their ruse. So let's go further. And now that humanity is capable of understanding this, we would like you to build an embassy where we can land officially in front of everyone. Now again, this lines up absolutely and totally with what all of the alien abduction stuff and all the sci-fi stuff is preparing us for. They're preparing us for the emergence of this alternate race. And when this alternate race comes, it's most likely going to be in conjunction with the Antichrist making his arrival with the Ascended Masters. And they're basically going to come with this message of world peace. We created you. You're our science project. You messed everything up, and now we got to come back and straighten it all out if you let us, you know, and we're going to be able to solve the war in the Middle East. We're going to finally bring peace to the Middle East. We're, they're most likely going to come in conjunction with ending of World War III. They're going to promise us all kind of technology, which leads me to another point. A lot of these people within the um, so-called UFO alien movement the vast majority of them that are speakers and that talk and go and do seminars, you know what they're absolutely, totally obsessed with? It's not so much the truth. It's not so much exposing these devils for what they are. Many times what you'll see is they don't label them as evil or anything like that, despite all of the horrific, 
abduction experiences that so many people have. That's kind of all swept to the back. You know what they do? So many, of, so much of the time I've found, they constantly emphasize it doesn't really matter what they're doing to us and, and all these other things. What matters is, is we need their technology. Because that's how we're going to solve all the problems of the world. World hunger, the gasoline crisis, every other little thing that can possibly... They're obsessed with the devil's technology. And they're willing to sell their soul in order to get it. I've seen this theme very, very many times. And most of the time, what that does is people that are in that mindset, they really don't care about the truth. They're going to care at some point about the truth. But they really don't care about the truth that these are actually malevolent, evil beings that are not here for our good. They're willing to look, overlook all of that as long as they get their technology. So that was just a side note I wanted to enter in there. Let's continue. A long time ago on our planet, we had reached a stage similar to the one you are in now. Our scientists were beginning to design life through the synthesis of DNA. The whole of our society watched with fascination as they created more and more sophisticated organisms. Until one day, they made a mistake. From then on, public opinion turned against these scientists, and they were forced to take their experiments elsewhere. They finally found a planet suitable for the creation of life. It was your Earth, and at the time had no life on it at all. It was completely covered with water and clouds many ancient texts. Remember what the Bible says, how the earth was void without form? They're trying to, in as much as possible, make this conform to the biblical account of creation as they can. They're just kind of inserting the little space invader guys in where God, though, is. That's kind of like their version of fill in the blank. Point to the work of these scientific creators. Let's open the Bible at the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 12. Now again, notice, I haven't heard him mention anything about Buddhism, you know, the Islam, I haven't really heard him get into Confucianism yet, Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, haven't heard him get into a lot of these cults yet. What is the first thing they're emphasizing? Let's go and let's have the devil do a Bible study with us. Like, we're going to believe anything that he's going to say. Of course, a lot of people have bought into this hook, line, and sinker. But just isn't it a coincidence that this is the first place they go to as far as any ancient religious texts go, where they could have went, you know, a thousand other places they chose the Bible. They divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. The waters below was the ocean. The waters above were the clouds. We dug with the help of enormous underwater explosions creating huge holes into which the waters rushed, allowing dry land to emerge. An island formed, a continent, the original single continent. Let the waters under heaven be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear. Genesis 1.9 On this single landmass, we set up seven laboratories, one for each of our own seven races and began our experiments synthesizing life. Now, again, unbelievably, they're not even 
ashamed to point out the fact that all we've ever been, all mankind has ever been, is a is their little science project. They they made the seven different continents. They were the ones that divided the water from the land. As you can see, they've taken credit for that as well. They're going into great detail to do this. All we've ever been, according to them, is their little science project. And then they created these seven continents to conduct their different experiments on different continents to supposedly, I guess, see what the results were, respectively. Let's go further. We started by making simple life forms, such as viruses and bacteria. And as we progressed in our research, we made more complicated organisms. Plants, fish, reptiles, birds, and eventually mammals. Daring each time to make an even more beautiful and sophisticated model of living art. Life did not evolve. It simply followed the inspiration of our chemical artists who integrated and adapted each new prototype to survive in the overall ecology. Fragrances, shapes, colors, styles, textures, movements, even mating rituals were all made to have beauty, harmony, and balance. And notice again, this is essentially their account of the six days of creation. They're taking credit for every single thing, as you can see. Seeing this incredible progress, opinions were divided in our government as to whether this artificial life was safe for us. Would the created destroy the creators? We decided to allow our scientists to continue their experiments as long as they did not create any intelligent life. But the temptation was too strong for these scientists and artists who were impassioned by their work of populating a virgin world. So one day, some of them decided to disregard their orders and synthesize intelligent people like themselves. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Genesis 1.26 Our government was extremely alarmed when it had... So in other words, they're basically attributing what the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, the Holy Spirit, they're attributing everything that they did to themselves. Unbelievable, utter blasphemy. But this is the deception that we're facing and that we're going to be facing more and more increasingly in the times to come. About this, how could we be sure that the human beings that have been created would not become a threat to us? For our own security, we told our scientists to keep these human beings in ignorance of any scientific knowledge. They were even told to make these people whom they had created believe that we were almighty gods so as to be sure they would respect us. Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for on that day you shall surely die. Genesis 2.17 At the time, the human beings called these extraterrestrials Elohim, which in ancient Hebrew meant those who come from the sky. It's found in the original Bibles but in more recent times, was mistranslated by the word God. 
it's important to realize that this is a plural, the singular being Eloha. References to the Elohim can also be found in other ancient texts. For example, in the writings of the Hindu, Greek, Egyptian, and Amerindian civilizations. We can read even today about the many gods who had human emotions and who lived near or with these human beings. These gods talked to human beings and even had relations with them. You see how just trying to reinterpret one little word in the Bible, you can start a whole cult just doing that one thing. And this is what they're doing. They're questioning the word of God. Notice he said there was mistranslations of this word, in order to get us to see that actually these are, these are those who come from the sky, these are the gods that come from the sky. It's not really the creator God, it's, it's, it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, because there's many gods, there's a pantheon of these gods that came from the sky, from other galaxies. So notice that one lie is the basis upon really this cult stands, and, and, and the coming New Age lies that we're going to be more and more increasingly exposed to. When our scientists created people like ourselves, opinion on our planet became divided. Could we trust human beings? But there was a group of scientists who had begun to deeply love the human beings they had made. They wished to give them scientific knowledge so that they would be able to communicate as equals. Their love grew so much that this group decided to educate some humans and reveal to them the truth that creators and created are exactly the same. The serpent said unto the woman, Of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, you shall not surely die. For Elohim both know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods. Genesis 3.4 In other words, you shall be as those you mistook for gods. If you enter this laboratory... Uh, again, we have the devil trying to interpret the Bible for us. So, not a real safe thing to do. It's ironic they quote that verse of all verses, which is the original lie that Satan told the first, you know, of two people living in humanity, Adam and Eve, this is where sin entered in. This is where the first sin was actually committed. Based on coveting after that verse. Where Eve wanted to be as a god. So, it's, it's ironic they, they picked that of all verses to quote. You would realize that we are just like you. And one day, you too will create life. You are just another link in the chain. The eternal cycle of creation continues. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. Genesis 3.7 This quote doesn't refer to their physical nudity, but to intellectual nudity. They really... Oh, is that so? <laughs> I, I guess that's why God had to cover them with animal skins. It was an intellectual... Did he cover their mind with animal skins as well? See, the thing is, is here's what all cults do. They will quote specific parts of specific verses. And I hope you don't go and read the whole thing. Because in light of the whole thing, 
where this is why the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 If you were to do that, and you were to search these things out on your own, you'd quickly find out that, there's, that the way they're interpreting this doesn't make any sense at all. But hey, that's what the devil's depending on. That people don't open their Bibles. That they sit pat and do nothing. He's depending on people to be apathetic. And he's done a pretty good job at it. So let's go further. ...that they've been kept away from knowledge. Behold, man has become one of us to know good and evil. Genesis 3.20 How could God, supposedly immaterial, intangible and almighty, have written, Behold, man has become one of us. Now, whoa, man is, you notice how he just stopped there? Behold, man has become one of us. Now, the thing is, is if you read the whole verse, in regard to that, Genesis 3.20, actually they've got their, looks like they've got their verses a little bit mixed up here. Okay, they're, they're not really good on citing the proper verses. They've got on the screen, and they've quoted supposedly Genesis 3.20. Um, the actual verse that they quoted is Genesis 3.22, which doesn't really surprise me. But that verse says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, as to know good and evil. They want to stop there and say, Man has become of one of us, and that's it. But... What God said here is, Behold, the man has become one of us to know good and evil. That's all he was really in reference to. We're not as gods. We're not God. Okay, We may be created in his, in his image, but, it, but what they're trying to do is say, Oh, you know, we're gods. You know, That's just the way it is. But all God said here was knowing the difference between knowing good and evil. And then he says, And, <clears throat> and now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence it was taken. So he drove the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay, if we go further. There is another passage which shows that the Elohim were physical and human. When men began to multiply and daughters were born unto them, the sons of Elohim saw that the daughters of man were fair. And they took wives of all they had chosen. Genesis 6, 1. Now, this is a obviously a part of the scriptures we've done a lot of teachings on. Genesis 6, 1. The sons of God. These fallen angels that came down and procreated with women and humanity. And, and out of these came the Nephilim, or the fallen ones. These giants that roamed the land. And it got so bad that God had to wipe the whole creation out. Because the seed had been corrupted. To that point where he had to send a flood. And only Noah and his family escaped. So we've done a lot of separate teachings. And what I'm going to probably do with this teaching is try to put all the other teachings that I've done that relate to this subject into this email that I'm going to be putting out. And if you're not on my email list, you can go ahead and um, go up to the website. And um, you can email me from there. Or my email is drjohnson, Dr. Johnson, at the letter I, the letter X, dot net com. N-E-T-C-O-M dot com. You can email me, ask me to get on the email list, and uh, if you want a specific thing like this 
teaching with all the other teachings that group it together, then just let me know that and I'll, I'll get it right out to you. So let's go a little further here. A little further on, we read, The sons of Elohim had intercourse with the daughters of men and had children by them. Genesis 6-4 There were numerous contacts between the Elohim and human beings which are recorded in the Old Testament. Moses, for example, thought that the bush he saw was on fire because he had never seen artificial lights before. In Exodus, Yahweh Elohim is always described as sitting in a pillar of cloud during the day and in a bright light which shone the way at night. Now, what they've got up in here, another tremendous leap of logic, is a UFO in the sky shedding light down. So they're trying to presuppose all of these theories to get us to believe that all these heavenly things that the Bible describes were just UFOs, essentially. Strange behavior for an immaterial God. Some other examples of the contacts include Jacob's ladder to heaven. This is a good one. They've got the UFO landing with the staircase from the UFO uh, going down to the ground, and you can walk up, and they're calling this as Jacob's Ladder. Again, another tremendous leap of logic. Jonah meeting the Elohim in the belly of a whale. Now, for this one, it's interesting. They have a picture of a nuclear submarine. So, evidently, this is what Jonah went down into the water in. This was the, quote, belly of the whale. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous what they're putting forth here. But I guess they're just thinking everybody's going to buy this hook, line, and sinker. And Ezekiel's vision of Yahweh Elohim, sitting in wheels within wheels. Again, what we have here is a metallic UFO hovering above the desert. The wheels within wheels. In the Quran, too, we find descriptions of physical contact between the Elohim and human beings. The Quran itself was dictated by angel Gabriel to Muhammad. and it That's a lie from the pit of hell. Gabriel would have had nothing to do with this cursed religion. But again, you know, that's what they've got to try to put forth, their, all their lies. In the night journey, it recounts how Angel Gabriel woke Muhammad up by pinching his toes and took him to the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem in a flying craft. There, he met Jesus and Moses and was then taken up to the seven heavens where he met Allah himself, seated on a throne. Ah, yes, Allah the moon god. Evidently, he had an actual sit-down with Allah the moon god. So, didn't know this about Muhammad, but um, I guess the guy really got around. As the Elohim progressed in their scientific understanding, they realized that the human beings they had created would one day mature into a humanity which itself could parent life on another planet. It takes 666 generations for humanity's scientific understanding to advance sufficiently to begin to create life synthetically. <laughs> I don't... This There's so much fodder in this video for, for me to rebut. Or for, for anyone, any Christian. I'm not one to elevate myself, but I'm just... Did you catch the last phrase, 666 generations for humanity to evolve to a point where they can actually create life synthetically? Huh, I wonder why they chose 666 generations. 
They're pretty flagrant. I, I will give them that. With such technology, it can also free its people from the obligation to work and solve all its problems, such as famine, pollution, and nuclear conflict. Now again, this is where the technology comes in. It's going to solve all our problems, everything. And when these, when Maitreya and these Ascended Masters and the Antichrist make their appearance, this is going to be one of the big lies that they are going to propagate and put out. Because people are going to be willing to do anything in the world to get this technology and to supposedly end all the misery and all the suffering of the world. People are going to follow them into hell in order to get this technology and supposedly achieve world peace. Humanity can become one integrated organism. A global brain living on planet Earth in harmony. Ready to link up with the global brains in other parts of the universe. Ah, the implications of the one world, new world order were pretty heavy in that last statement there. One world religious system, one world political, one world currency, one world everything. And we're going to have to link up with these our space creators from other galaxies in order to really make this happen, though. But this can only happen if humanity succeeds in becoming peaceful. If it continues to be aggressive, it will destroy itself with its own technology. You can survive only if prejudice and intolerance are replaced by love and communication. This choice between destruction and world peace is not ours, it is yours. We will not help you survive if you are not peaceful. Humanity has to help itself and show that it is mature enough to take its place in the universe. So in other words, for the little devils, the little green men in spacesuits to come back and be our buddies again, and for, in order for us to appease them, our supposed creators, we're going to have to be good and we're going to have to be peaceful. And we're not going to, you know, we best better watch our P's and Q's because, you know, if we get too far out of line, they're not coming back. That is why we decided to leave the Earth. So that humanity could progress by itself. But in the same way that parents guide their children, so we occasionally sent messengers to guide humanity along the path of maturity. Here come the big lies. Buddha. Moses. Jesus. Muhammad. And all the prophets who started the major religions. With right here they've got a picture of Joseph Smith with his vision, you know, regarding the Mormon church. Okay, where he saw that vision, supposedly this angelic thing in the woods. People contacted by the Elohim. The word prophet comes from the Greek, which means the one who reveals. The prophets were given a revelation or message to give to humanity, adapted to the level of understanding at the time. Their role was to progressively educate humanity. For example, Buddha taught humanity many techniques for self-development, balance, and harmony. The prophets were also to leave traces of the Elohim, so that we'd be able to recognize them as our creators and fellow human beings. When now again, they're referring to the Elohim as these aliens that, that came, not creator God, nothing like that. The Elohim are these these aliens, and that's something you have to constantly, because they really, really harp on that one word. So it's very important to keep 
keep in mind what they're trying to accomplish here. Now, they're going through and they're saying that all these all these people, these prophets like Jesus and Buddha and Maitreya and all these people, they're lumping them all together, which is what, you know, the big lie that, that is going on now in um, a lot of these uh, circles that are trying to expose the religions of the world. And the Zeitgeist spends, the Zeitgeist movie does the first 37 minutes of purely trying to lump Jesus Christ in with every other pagan religion. We've done a full rebuttal up on that on the, on the website. But notice they said the hypocrisy about what they're saying because they were the ones saying that they created all the religions in the world, if you remember from before. Yet at the very beginning they said that there's all these contradictions within the religions. Well, you know, evidently they want their cake and eat it too. They want to have it both ways. They want to say, yes, the religions are all flawed, in there, but yet we created them. So, so much of, of what happens in these types of false religions, you'll see a lot of hypocrisy. But many times it's very subtle. Let's go further. We had advanced enough to understand them. The teachings of the Old Testament soon began to be distorted. So we decided to send another messenger. For this, one of the Elohim made love with Mary, a woman of the earth. Lies, more lies from the pit of hell. So now one of their Elohim, one of their gods, made supposedly love with Mary. So this would kind of you know, blot out the immaculate, you know, conception, where Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. It was one of their space brethren that did this. All I can really say is, may the Lord Jesus Christ rain down His fury on their lying tongues. Because we're dealing with entities that are not human here. We're dealing with the same problem that Noah faced in his day and Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. This is the precursor to preparing us for that. Okay? It's very, very flagrant in the media because in times coming it's very, very it's going to be also very flagrant in what we're dealing with on an everyday basis. This is where the idea of the virgin birth came from. Mary herself had always maintained that the father of her child was not a man of the earth, but born of an Eloha, John chapter 1, verse 13. The Eli okay, so they've supposedly just quoted John 1, 13. Born of an Eloha. Okay, so evidently this means born of one of their um, space brethren. Okay, well let's read what John 1, 13 actually says. Okay, now this is, this is a, a, a series of verses I quote quite a bit because the Bible says in John chapter 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Now this is in reference to Jesus Christ, okay, coming to the world. If we go down to this verse that they just quoted, verse 13, um, well actually let's start at verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. This is evidence of Jesus Christ coming to the Jews, which was the race of people, you know, that, that he came to. And his own received him not. Obviously, we can look at the Bible and understand that. And then it says in verse 12, But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, now this is in reference to a born-again believer. Okay? 
as many as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This is talking about somebody believing on his name. This is talking about somebody getting saved. Verse 13, which they're quoting as John 1.13 says, born of an Eloha, meaning Jesus Christ was... Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to prove here, but it doesn't even. This is in regard to people that are born again believers getting saved. It's not in regard to the context, not even remotely in regard to the context of the verse they're trying to quote. And again, this is how all cults get started. Okay, by misinterpret, especially if they try to use the Bible, they'll misinterpret and reinterpret Scripture in a totally unbiblical way in order to fit their slanderous, perverted purposes. The verse they're quoting reads, In the King James Bible, which were born, these are born again believers, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is, it, this is indicative and representative of when you get saved, the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling within you, and your spirit is, is essentially reborn. Behold, all things are new, all things are passed away. This is what it's in reference to. So, um, they've totally missed the mark on this one. Um, and this is what happens when you have the devil trying to do a Bible study. So let's go further here. Him guided a number of initiated people to Jesus' birth by lighting their craft. These were known as the three wise men. Okay, so now what they're implying here is that the actual star of uh, the the star that they saw in the night in Bethlehem and these types of things, these were uh, this was a spacecraft. So. That's, that's why it was so bright and everything. The child grew up, and when he became of age, he was initiated in the desert. When questioned where he'd been, Jesus answered, Why are you searching for me? Did you not know I was with my real father? When he was baptized, The voice of Elohim came out of the cloud, which glided in bodily form down to him. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. Jesus' task was to update the Old Testament and to communicate it to the whole world in anticipation of the age of science and reason. Now, Jesus is referred to in the Bible as the mediator of a, of a, of a better covenant. And obviously, there were things that, you know, when he came, where he shed light on the Old Testament, where he brought in, he was the mediator of a better covenant, okay? But the better covenant that they're in reference to is not the better covenant of the New Testament. Totally different thing here. In which we're now living. He called it the age of apocalypse, which in Greek means revelation or understanding. Much of Jesus' teaching was distorted and used for political gain. He pointed the way for... Now again, when he says much of his teaching was disordered, what proof does he have of it? Granted, I know there's a lot of people coming after Jesus Christ right now. You've got all these blasphemous things that have come out, all these supposed Gnostic Gospels that have been found buried in the desert, Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Judas, all these other different things, the lost tomb of Jesus, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, where the Da Vinci Code, where they're basically saying Jesus Christ was, you know, um, never crucified. He married Mary Magdalene, they had a little girl, um, they moved up into the European regions, and they started what they call the Merovingian bloodline. All lies from the pit of hell. And what all this is doing is, is in essence, attacking the Word of God, attacking the New Testament Scriptures of the King James Bible. Because the only way around, 
the only way for them to convince us of the apostasies is for them to convince us that the scriptures have been perverted and they're liars and of their they're, they're liars like their father and of their father's works they will do their father was the devil okay so this is all we can expect are lies from this type of um, information Woods. and everyone just stared at his finger and Jesus said I will ask my father and he will give you another counselor he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen you will believe John chapter 14 now again this was in reference to the Holy Spirit coming down after Jesus Christ you know had ascended and at the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost and these types of things so this is what Jesus was in reference to so we sent a reminder Mohammed oh I didn't know that Mohammed was the Holy Spirit I mean you know must have missed that one didn't get the memo so they have, they have made this other gigantic leap of logic. And again, if you just read the Bible, you would know that it's not... Muhammad's never mentioned in the New Testament. The thing is, if they're going to have the audacity to quote the New Testament, you know, how dare they reinterpret it? Because they're just giving us little bits and pieces and snippets and then trying to interpret all this for us. They're liars. Muhammad's role was to remind humanity of the teachings of Jesus. He emphasized that Jesus was not God but a physical human being. In the teachings of Muhammad, it is also written that Islam will last until the foot of man will touch the surface of the moon. 21st July, 1969 Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. In 1945 Well, hold on, doesn't that mean that Islam should be gone by now? This is not what we just read in their Quran book? It said it'll last until the foot of man steps on the moon. Well, what's going to happen then? So again, they, they just quoted a contradiction. I don't know why they're trying to quote contradictions in order to supposedly bolster their arguments. It doesn't work too well when you do that. The first deadly atomic bomb had been exploded at Hiroshima. Humanity had finally reached the age of science. The age when we no longer have to simply believe because now we can begin to understand. The Elohim then decided to conceive their last messenger. This last messenger is Claude Vorion, whom the Elohim call Ryle. Okay, now this is the guy that they talked about in the very beginning where the spaceship landed and he got on board and he dictated six days of books of things that this guy put into a book format and supposedly he's one of the last end times prophets to prepare the way. He's kind of like the John the Baptist for the aliens. Okay? If you could put a moniker or a title on the guy. Which means the messenger of the Elohim. He was born in Vichy in France on the 30th of September 1946. The Elohim followed him from his birth till the time came for him to be told about the task they wish him to carry out. On the 13th of December, 1973, they contacted him and dictated to him their first message, explaining who they were and how they had created all life on Earth. Again, this is Intelligent Design, and they've got a book on their site. Again, like I said, Intelligent Design, Messages from the Designers. This is the heart of the Intelligent Design Movement. 
So if you know any Christians that are saying, oh, we got to have intelligent design in the churches, you know, they don't have their facts straight. And again, I'm going to post my intelligent design teaching when I send this email out, so you'll be able to access that as well. Because all of this ties together. ELM asked Ryle to found an international organization to communicate these messages. The Ryland movement has translated these messages into 22 languages, has 60,000 members, and already exists in 83 countries. The International Ryland Movement is a non-profit-making organization and has two aims. Firstly, to build an embassy in internationally recognized neutral territory where the Elohim will officially come down and meet with our governments. I'm telling you, people say, oh, it's never going to happen, it's not going to, it is going to happen in the end times. It is going to be part of the grand deception, the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth. It's going to be the greatest deception ever perpetrated on humanity, ever. It's coming. And they, these Raelians aren't the only ones saying it. Every single other faction of the New Age is saying this as well. And secondly, to prepare for the arrival of the Elohim by informing the public about their messages. The aim is not to convince, but to inform. On the 7th of October 1975, at around midnight, Ryle was again contacted by the Elohim. He was called telepathically to the Roc Plat, a flat rock in the Parigord region of France, and from there he was taken to their planet. To us, this journey might seem impossible, but remember, to your grandparents, so was the idea of going to the moon. And it still happened. On their planet, the Elohim gave Ryle the wisdom of a philosophy which shows us how to develop in all areas of our life, including education, love, sexuality, work, leisure, and self-development. The Elohim also explained to Ryle the revolutionary concept of infinity, as represented by this symbol, the symbol of infinity in time and space. Now, when I saw this, I just couldn't believe how flagrant this particular video is. Because this symbol that I'm looking at here is a six-pointed hexagram. Okay, the symbol that the, the Jews have on their flag. Okay. And we've done whole teachings on the hexagram, how evil it is. It's a hex. A hex is something you put on somebody when you're trying to curse them. Okay? It's a six-pointed star. There's a lot of different ways you can derive the number 666 from this symbol. It is the highest symbol in all of witchcraft. Okay? In the middle of this hexagram we have a swastika. You know, the kind Hitler had all over in the old Third Reich? Well, yeah, that's what's in the middle of this. So it's kind of like a double curse symbol. But that's their symbol that they're using. Just so happens they're using the most wicked symbol you could possibly ever even conceive in your head. I've never even seen a hexagram with a swastika in the middle. But hey, they figured out a way to do it. So, just wanted to give you a little update there on that. It's the emblem of the Elohim and can be found in many ancient texts. 
for example, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, or in Israel. That's always a book I want to reference, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. You know, that's always a, a real good, you know, Christian-oriented type manuscript there. The Star of David represents infinity in space. The Elohim explain that every atom is made up of subatomic particles. These subatomic particles are themselves made up of clouds of galaxies, which contain stars, planets, people, atoms, which are in turn themselves made up of galaxies, and so on. Did you hear that drivel? Essentially, every atom has its own galaxies, and there's people living on those galaxies as well. Evidently, they're just little microscopic versions of us. Into the infinitely small. Our planet is shooting through space. Our galaxy is a tiny part of a huge atom. Which is part of something even larger and so on into the infinitely large. The universe is infinite. The word swastika comes from the Sanskrit meaning well-being. It represents infinity in time. Now the swastika they're displaying here is in the middle of a upside-down horseshoe which is a good luck, it says good luck charm over it. So. Um, whenever you hear the word luck, it's derived from the word Lucifer. It's very bad. Um, you know, horseshoes are not thing you need to be hanging around your house, hoping that it will gain you and garner you good luck. This is superstitious, um, occultic, occultic stuff that you don't want to mess around with. Particularly if there's a swastika in the middle of it. The universe has always existed and always will exist. The matter and energy which makes us up is infinitely old. It's come together temporarily to form us. And in a continuous process of change, will one day dissipate and become part of something else. Everything is connected. And we're just a part of this immense infinity. The Elohim taught Ryle techniques which enable us to feel and harmonize with infinity. These techniques are called sensual meditation. Ah, sensual meditation. Now, what I noticed by clicking on some of their other videos is they're very, very, very about having fun. They show these people out there, it's very much like tree-hugging stuff, but out there having fun, they're very much into sex. You can tell that. There's not a lot of inappropriate things they're showing on the website, other than lesbians kissing and things like that. What they're trying to do is redefine sexuality. The, the message evidently from these aliens is that, hey guys, anything goes. If you were born gay and you like girls, well then go with that. Because, you know, we're your creators and we created all different types of people for every different situation. And I noticed a, a heavy emphasis that seemed like on the lesbians. Um, and even in this video clip that we're viewing now here, there's a picture of, I believe, two guys together. And this is one of the, the um, things that are holding us back, evidently, in our evolution. That we need, to, we need to get rid of the stereotypes of all the religious stereotypes and all of the, the gender stereotypes. We just need to, to you know, 
let go and let alien, evidently, is what they want us to do. And just kind of anything goes, and if it feels right, do it. Kind of sounds like Aleister Crowley, you know, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And it's the big lie from Satan. Because he knows if he can degrade society, and this is a great way to degrade it, just take down all the walls, anything goes, um, you're opening the door to demonic infestation. And that's exactly what Satan wants. All throughout the world, they enable us to discover our individuality and our common humanity. The messages of the Elohim are revolutionary for humanity. When we feel the infinity that we're a part of, and when we understand how we were created, life takes on a new meaning for us, for ourselves as individuals and for humanity that we are part of. For we realize that we can build a better, fairer society. Yeah, the reason that, that it takes life takes on a whole new meaning is because if you bought into the notion that a holy God did not create you, that there's no consequence for sin, that there isn't a heaven and there isn't a hell, which is all the messages that they're sending, hey, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Hey, we're going to attain to Godhood. In fact, we can act, the more wicked we act, the quicker we're going to attain to Godhood. So anything pretty much goes. And those people that don't go along with this, well, they just need to be eliminated. Because, you know, they're holding us back. This is one of the main lies that, that they're trying to uh, set forth. For everybody. And we can do it by breaking down the barriers and power imbalances that exist between individuals and nations. Barriers based on, for example, wealth, race, gender, caste, sexuality. And here we're looking at a picture. I don't know if this is two guys... I think it is. It looks like two black guys that are hugging each other. And, um, again, this is one of their main themes, it seems to be. They seem to be very subtly beating on that man with man, woman with woman, which is an abomination in the sight of God, that's all right. That's all good. In fact, you've actually went a step further in your evolutionary or, or, or whatever process they're trying to put us forth in regard to attaining godhood. This is a good thing. Religion. We can put technology and people at the service of humanity instead of putting people at the service of power. And we can do this by integrating our scientific progress with a philosophy that allows us to understand our link to the infinite. Muhammad said, A prophet will come one day to confirm what I have said. Listen to him and help him with all your strength. If you'd like to develop yourself and help in developing our society, come to the Rylan Courses of Central Meditation. There you can also meet others like yourselves who wish to develop their potential and to bring freedom, peace and progress to our society. So again, this is a recruitment tool to get you to their seminars, so then you can really, and you know, if you go to one of these seminars, and you're kind of on the, uh, let's say you're, you're on the fence a little bit, guaranteed when you go there, you're opening gigantic doors, and you are probably going to fall into this cult hook, line, and sinker, because there's a dem demonic component that takes place when you come together in unity with these devils, and when you go and you pay money to go to a seminar, 
that's essentially designed to brainwash you. Don't be surprised if you get brainwashed. Because the pull of these cults is, again, demonic, and it's powerful. Okay? Now, I know this is not going to apply to most of the Christians. They're going to they're understand, you know, not to do this. But I just wanted to throw that in there um, for really, primarily for any unsaved people that, that might be listening to this. We can move our humanity wisely and safely into the next century. The embassy will be built. Our parents from space will come down. Would you like to be part of it? Okay, I believe that is it. And um, the website for this is, if you want to go watch the video for yourself, it's www.rael.org. And again, I don't think that we should obsess about, you know, looking at every little thing here, but this was the best synopsis of what's coming that I've seen. And notice at the very end they say our parents, our space parents are coming here to... Uh, you know, to come back and, I guess, return to the scene of the crime, I don't know. Uh, that is pretty much all that we wanted to uh, cover today here. If you have any questions further in this, you can email me about this. I'm going to have, as I said, my teachings that relate to this subject, which is very broad, within one email that I can email somebody or you can save in an archive format where you can access it. And again, um, with the hate crime laws and things like that that, that could be passed, um, I would advise that if there's teachings that you know really hit home for you, you might want to consider actually downloading them onto your computer and storing them in like some type of MP3 format. Because I never know when these are going to get taken off or I might get booted off Sermon's Audio or, or whatever. So uh, just something to think about um, for future reference. And I'll go ahead and uh, close this out. And we thank you very much. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. Thank you.